the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have y'all here with me. Rolling into hour two. Got, got a couple of int- very interesting stories to share with you guys and a couple of really shocking ones uh, to share with you. So glad you're sticking around with us for hour two. If you missed last hour, download the podcast, babies, wherever you get your pods. If you're going to be working out this weekend, just pop the AK show in your ear and catch up on all the latest news. Uh, we also are going to have some fun uh <laughs> <laughs> We've got some hilarious uh, clips to play for you guys uh, from Joe Biden. Uh, just tons to get into tonight. So email me at andrewkshow.com. Last hour, uh, there was breaking news regarding Alec Baldwin and uh, that he is going to be, he's been indicted. A grand jury in New Mexico has indicted him and he, for involuntary manslaughter, for the shooting of Helena Hutchins. So my question for you guys is, do you think that Alec Baldwin will will be convicted and spend a day in jail? AndreaKShow.com, AndreaKShow.com. Let me bring in my pod in crime here every night of the week. It's the one and only DJ, Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Broccolini. You know, I know we're going to get to it later, but I have some very, very interesting proposals for hero and stink of the week when that time does roll around at the end of the hour. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Ooh, you have my you have my interest peaked. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Listen, um, I think it was last night. I'm not sure what show Sesame I talked about that they're over in World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab um t- bragged about it might have been last night where he talked about look, when it comes to AI, right now AI is basically in analytical mode, which not really, because as I mentioned last night, I think it was. Uh, that there have been people that have have committed suicide because they got sucked into what they thought was an analytical chatbot, um, and actually this thing had such intelligence that it actually sucked them into thinking that there was a relationship going on. And one man in Britain was convinced by the chatbot to kill himself to save the world from climate change. Um, I personally know somebody whose son, Stanford grad, has been hospitalized because of a breakdown mentally over a similar situation. So this AI is very dangerous and very real. 
And Klaus Schwab went on to say that that's the future of the elections. In these these in the future, elections will be you know controlled by AI. We don't need these quaint little things of people actually going and in. Uh, using their own intelligence and brain to the equation. And another aspect of AI is the potential for its use by the government. Last night we were talking about how it was revealed that the FBI has been searching financial transactions uh, under, um, you know, who was buying Bibles lately, who, who described a Venmo or Zelle transaction as MAGA or Trump support or anything like that. Anything, any transaction that might be a Christian conservative and particularly somebody that supports Trump, the financial crimes part of the FBI has been digging into those. Um, so now we're at a point in, in this nation to where the Fourth Amendment's completely gone, unlawful search and seizure. Uh, you buy a Bible, that's that's a probable cause that you're a criminal. And now there's the possibility that AI can be generating evidence to be used against you. Um, on Wednesday, Donald Trump associate and political guru Roger Stone has claimed that the mainstream media has been distributing an AI-generated audio file using his voice to claim that he threatened to murder Democrat politicians. A threat of murder is quite the serious charge. Um, uh, Stone said on X, Mediaite, MSNBC, and CNN lie about fake AI-generated audio in which they allege I threatened Democrats. It's a fugazi. Um, I think, is that the, uh, the Italian word for hooey? Yeah, Fugazi, believe Fugazi. It it's not real. It's it's fiction. Oh, Fugazi. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. thank you. Okay. Um, I eat Italian food. I don't speak <laughs> Italian. Okay. So um uh there's part of the article here says that multiple AI detection tools concluded over ninety percent chance that the AI file is AI is an AI generated fake. Now you remember. Back during the Trayvon Martin days, uh, if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon Martin, that NBC actually edited uh, George Zimmerman's phone call to the police in order to make him appear like a racist who was targeting a black kid simply because he was wearing a hoodie and eating Skittles, which was never the truth, right? So wouldn't the next step be using artificial intelligence to just manufacture audio? I mean, I don't know what happened here, but it certainly seems like it's a possibility, right, Sesame? Well, that's the logical conclusion. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. that Inevitably, that's where we're going with this police state. They don't like you. They don't like right. your values. They don't like who you are. So they will literally make up crimes against you. And if they can use the technology to do it to make it seem like it has the thinnest sense of legitimacy then surely they will because they want people to think that the criminal justice system is good and valid and it works, even though it's been completely corrupted and perverted. So, yeah, it's just disgusting. But that is the lot. It's like the it's a disturbing marriage between big tech and AI development and the police state. Really, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly frightening because there is no doubt in my mind that the communists within our government and the deep state would never hesitate to use any technology against us. You look at the technology that they used to round up little old ladies that were wandering around 
inside the Capitol, outside the Capitol. They actually moved barricades the night before in order to entrap people. Now, maybe that's not a high-tech thing, but, you know, um, the bottom line is uh, when you have a government that's proven that they are targeting Americans for their politics, when you have proof that Americans have been denied, their been rounded up, thrown into a gulag, denied their constitutional rights of the Fourth Amendment, denied a speedy trial, denied, been, been uh, exculpatory evidence has been withheld that would have benefited them and their defense, uh, denied bail. Judges telling Americans that, you know, we, I can't release you because I think that you actually believe something untoward happened in the election. We're at, a, we are literally already under a police state and it's growing every day. The report that came out yesterday about the FBI uh, going to financial institutions who are cooperating, by the way, which is fascism, uh, the very, by the very definition while the left, by the way, while the left is trying to tell you that Trump is the dictator, Trump is, oh, we got to stop Trump because he's the fascist. You think about what our FBI is doing right now, going to financial institutions with no warrant and asking and being given transaction records targeting certain Americans because of their political beliefs. That's frightening. And that is a government that will use any technology. If they will withhold evidence, like footage that was exculpatory evidence against the Jan 6 defendants, they will manufacture evidence. Is not moving barricades back to not, which the barricades were put there to let people know what were the areas in which they were not allowed to go, the permit holders were not allowed to go. They were removed those barriers. That was manufacturing evidence. Entrapment is manufacturing evidence. When Clay Higgins says there were over 200 FBI agents there and that, that some of them were wearing Trump gear and were inside the Capitol before any of the riots came out, that's manufacturing evidence. Why wouldn't they use AI to do it? They can, and I believe that they will. Speaking of manufacturing evidence, there's an interesting story that came out about a crime that was committed in the metaverse. And it might actually be a case that shows up in our criminal courts. I want to debate that when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. The metaverse. You remember Facebook is now supposed to be called Meta. And they did this whole thing called the metaverse. I've never been in there. I've never researched it. I don't really know that many people who have actually um, done, done anything in it. Do you Sesame Broccolini? Uh, I don't. I literally can't think of one single person who can tell me anything about what it is. Is it VR? Is it virtual reality? Is it my understanding is it's supposed to be a digital universe, but I don't even know what that means. Right. Like, well, I, I, I think it is supposed know... to be VR. Okay. Yeah, it is supposed to be, um, and uh, but the 
initially initial reports and nobody really talks about it much anymore was that it was just really boring and it was a stupid mistake for Facebook to do. <laughs> uh, there's a report coming out and I've, and I heard about this a couple of weeks ago and I didn't talk about it. And then I thought, you know what, there's serious implications for this. Here's what went down. The British police are investigating an alleged gang rape. Now, let me repeat that an alleged gang rape of a girl's avatar in a virtual reality game in what is believed to be the first criminal probe of its kind involving the metaverse. Wow. The really? alleged victim, yeah, she's she's identified as a girl under 16. Uh, I got a question there anyway, but was she was wearing a virtual reality headset in an immersive game. They don't say which one. See, and I don't know if the metaverse is just a Facebook thing or it, you know where it extends, or if this is some uh, is this an immersive game within Metaverse? I don't know, but anyway, it was an animated representation of her, and she supposedly was raped by um, uh, avatars of several men. Uh, the Daily Mail was the first one to report on this. Although the accuser didn't sustain any physical in injuries, they say she may have suffered trauma similar to someone who had been raped in real life. Quote, there is an emotional and psychological impact on the victim that is longer term than any physical injuries, um, a senior officer said. Um, uh, the investigation has raised questions as to whether police should be using time and limited resources to investigate metaverse crimes. Um, that's where why I decided to go ahead and talk about it, because... As a woman, I don't, I, I don't, I have plans to be in the metaverse, but first of all, I, I, and can things seem real virtually? Maybe, but I don't understand if I was playing a game, it may be virtual reality from the sense that visually, like I put on a headset and it makes me feel like I'm, I, I can, it, it looks visually like I'm skiing down the slopes. Do I not still know I'm not skiing down the slopes of, of Stad, right? So if I'm in the metaverse, I, I still know consciously. My brain hasn't been taken over. I may be looking at virtual reality and playing a game so that it makes it seem like, you know, when I'm shooting the weapons or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm really in it. Um, intellectually, I know that I'm not. So if my avatar gets approached by a few men, would I not take the headset off? Would I stand there? There's no way as a woman that I, I and and email me if you think that I'm wrong. I especially want to hear from women, andreacasio.com, andreacasio.com. But I'm having a hard time believing that I would stay with my headset on if I suddenly felt like, whoa, this is gone from and what kind of and what kind of game makes it possible for dudes to come and assault you? What game was she actually on? They don't say in this article. Nor do I understand how a 16-year-old girl. How, how old was she? They, they, they don't really give her true age. They just say under 16. What was she doing on there in the first place? But I just don't really see how it can be so real that an assault could happen in the first place and that it could be perceived in any way as damaging. Why, any, why she would keep the headset on? Is this 
is this a um, it, it issue of artificial intelligence that's involved here? And that's really where the crime lies. But my problem is this. I think that this is a way to pierce court systems into which non-actual physical crimes are now criminal, like hate speech. Do you see where I'm going with this, Sesame? Yeah, it's it's very disturbing to me and dangerous because at this point it's like the subjective perception of, of a crime harm or a crime in a virtual non-existent world should translate yes. to real world punishment yes. or something. That is, yes. we're, we are playing with fire. Story. Yeah, that, that is we're very disturbing. And the person who tipped me off to the story was like, oh, this poor thing, we've got to, you know, uh, we've got to make sure this, you know, that this, you know, girl gets whatever. And it's like, no, we got to be, you know, this is how emotions of citizens and voters get manipulated into giving up their freedoms. The heartstrings being tugged. I have questions. I have questions about the, the truthfulness of this story in the first place. I have questions as to how this allegedly took place when she's playing a game. What game? How did this happen? I've got, I, I, I doubt I, the, the entire story is sus. And before people start jumping on the bandwagon of this poor girl, people need to be, who's going to be prosecuted here? Where's the crime? Where's the crime? Maybe the crime, maybe if there was a crime, it's on the part of the parents who let her play whatever game this was. So I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. AndreaKshow.com, AndreaKshow.com. Um, the Ian Critchley, the lead for child protection and abuse investigation at the National Police Chiefs Council, said that the meta metaverse creates a gateway for predators to victimize children. Well, so does every other social media site. So I think that, um, that this is about piercing the, well, part of the, this is just line kinda, between perceived crimes and others. Well, and part of it's just, I mean, to that last point, it's like, if we're going to start talking about the existence of evil in the world and predators, it, it all gets back to values and the way that we raise people. It's like, it's no surprise to me. This is happening in a post-Christian country a post-Christian mm -hmm. America. It's like you really just want to have a society with less homicidal maniacs and less gangsters and less criminals than stop encouraging people to be the worst possible version of themselves. Like to me, it all goes back to godlessness and how True. atheism is destroyed. It's like right. we get wrapped up in these fictional worlds that we've created because what we don't want to engage with the, the world that already exists that God has given to us. Like for, for me, this is already such a big non-issue. It's like, I just, it's hard for me to empathize with, oh, well, I was wrapped up in this fake world and someone did something that I didn't like. And it's like, well, yeah, go touch grass, man. Like, just put down the yeah. VR. Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally, just go yeah. live your life as a person outside. And, and if you want to protect, world. right. Like, I just, I and don't if you want, uh, Absolutely. And if, they, if people want to protect children, why are you having children involved in this? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. it, 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 a lot of the issues that we have also goes back to parenting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, Kim Kardashian's kid, Kardashian's kid North, was North. who has a TikTok <laughs> account, was showing her diamond grill, and it was just so disgusting and so foul. But you know what? You know, that's Kim Kardashian, I guess, has the right 
to, you know, involve her kid and have her kid get involved in the dangerous TikTok and all of that. Um, ultimately, another aspect of this, you're right about how, and you agree with me, apparently, that this, this metaverse story is about piercing uh, the line between perceived crimes and actual crimes. Um, and it's also a way that they can inch towards social credit scores, controlling our data under the guise of our mental health, because that's also a part of the new world order uh, digital ID game. They want everything under your digital ID so that they can control you. They want all your data, what sites you're looking at, your shopping transactions, uh, what you're posting, what, what you're saying in your post and, and, and your health records and all of that food, your food supply and everything related to energy is all going to be uh, currency, all going to be on the digital ID. And this is just another step towards controlling our lives under the guise of taking care of us. Do you see that aspect as well? 100%. 100%. And it's scary how quickly it seems like this sort of new world mm -hmm. order is setting in and seeping yeah. in. And again, in very in ways that might seem very sort of banal to people. The banality of evil right. really is just that it just rings true yeah. so much for me right now. I think so much of it's just it's normalized, it's mainstreamed, and it gets to a place where people just accept it. They just tolerate it. They don't even recognize evil anymore or what is wrong anymore. And that's the, that's one of the dangerous things when it comes to just, again, we're playing with fire here. We're, we're creating these fake worlds, fake universes in a, in a post-Christian West where, where people don't even understand what objective reality is anymore. It's Because it's not just post-Christian, it's post-modern. Live your mm -hmm. truth. There is no single objective reality anymore. And that's also a very dangerous game. So it's like a... It's like a layer cake of just weird technological developments, but also weird. I don't even know what it, if, it, if it's a new hierarchy of power, I guess, when it comes to the new world order and trying to control. Well, it, it all it's, is. Because that's, and, and it, it, that's what it is, right? It's a new yeah. hierarchy. You're not citizens. No more self-governance. We will control you. We will rule you. We will influence you. We will know everything there is to know about you. And it's only a one-way street. We don't know anything about the pathological bureaucrats running this giant police state or this giant surveillance state. They, it, it's only a one-way street, and it's just—it's—it's almost—it's also just scary to see how easy it is to influence people with this kind of right. technology and shape. It's well, like it's—it's—it's it's, it's scary how sheepish people can be and how easily nudged so right. and influenced they can be, and especially when it comes to normalizing this kind of stuff. Um, people, people just eventually, you just repeat the same lies over and over, normalize the same evil. And eventually people just go along to get along. There is no right. giant well, like, awakening. Right. People don't wake well, up. They just, they go no. along to get along. It's really disturbing. Well, it, right. And, you know, and we talked last hour about the new, the, the new lab, uh, the new gain of function lab to cook up viruses that can kill us in Fort Collins. You know, you talk about, oh, things seem, oh, the banality of this. It seems so, you know, banal. Same thing with, uh, you know, the lockdowns and the restrictions. I mean, I had Trump supporters coming at me going, what do you mean you're against the lockdowns? Trump's just trying to keep you safe. And, you know, I mean, the, I, I was shocked, wow. shocked at how many people were so willing to give up their freedoms because a government official wanted to keep you safe. And, and it seemed banal to them. And you know what? And and I and I take no, I take no satisfaction in being right, because I saw where it was going, and we're here. And um, there's another aspect of the mental health aspect of reality versus non-reality going on. And another story I want to share with you guys when we come back 
So we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. Don't forget my, my question for you guys tonight. Do you think Alec Baldwin is going to spend a day behind jail? Boy, I hope so. If I've ever wanted to see somebody pay a price, it's Alec Baldwin. Stick with me. We got more to talk about on the other side of the break. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Last dark story I want to bring to you guys tonight, but this was just kind of a disturbing story to me. Uh, for a few reasons. And then we're going to move into having some fun for the rest of the show, including here of the week and stink of the week. Well, there are calls right now for the resignation of the Lincoln University of Missouri president uh, to resign. And the reason is because Antoinette Bonnie Candia Bailey, a university alum and vice president of student affairs, took her life on January 8. And she had been terminated Five days earlier on January 3rd, the president stated uh, in the letter that she was terminated for cause, including allegations of insubordination and allowing an ineligible student to work, allowing ineligible students to obtain a discounted housing rate, and failing to adhere to confidentiality requirements in a grievance matter filed by two of her subordinates. In a letter dated January 8th, addressed to uh, um, Mosley and obtained by, so I guess on the day that she committed suicide, she sent a letter to Mosley, the president, saying that she had experienced months of harassment, bullying, and differential treatment from her white colleagues while working under Mosley and his administrative uh, leadership. Here's some of the things she said in the meeting. I couldn't even... Finish the meeting because you didn't hear me. I left in tears. You intentionally harassed and bullied me and got satisfaction from sitting back to determine how you would ensure I failed as an employee and proud alumna. Um, that really struck me. Um, she ended up taking her own life because she basically had been terminated for cause. And what struck me about this, and, and by the way, automatically because she sent a letter saying that she had been treated differently than white colleagues. Now he is being, there's calls for him to be fired for basically exercising his right as an employer to fire an employee who, according to the termination letter, she stole money basically from the school by giving discounted housing to somebody who didn't deserve it. That's grounds for termination. Quite frankly, it's a, it's a form of not embezzlement, but it's misappropriation of funds. She's the vice president of student affairs and she gave a job to, gave jobs to students who didn't qualify, gave housing discounts to students who didn't qualify 
She didn't adhere to confidentiality requirements involving grievances. Quite frankly, she's lucky she wasn't facing criminal charges, but yet he's looking. And, 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 the, and the sad thing is, is that because of all this DEI stuff and, 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 and years and years now of telling people that their feelings are all that matters, we've conditioned people to not think or to expect or to feel that they're entitled to behave and do whatever they want to do with no repercussions. And so when they're faced with the repercussions that they should understand to expect, they can't handle it. And this woman took her own life. The blood is not on the hands of this president from what I can see here, but on the hands of those that led her to believe that because of her skin color, she could do whatever she wanted to do on the job. And that wasn't the case. Your thoughts, Sesame? This victim mindset, it is just so, it's just so toxic, isn't it? I, I yes. Just, I don't and know. And that's what led to her death. That, and that's the strangest thing. It's, it's just like, it, it's almost like a, like, I mean, obviously I pray for her soul and for her family and friends, but it's like, this is the weirdest form of like protest slash revenge wannabe martyrdom all because you're a fake victim in your own mind. I, again, the, this whole living my truth and in her truth, she's the one who, you know, was wronged or something. I just think it's so preposterous and it's very, very strange. And I really just don't relate to it. I, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to sympathize or empathize, but I just, I can't, I, I just, I really cannot. Like you, you can't just do whatever you want, whenever you want, and then get mad at people for doing the same thing, exer exercising and, their and rights. And accuse them case, of an, bullying. Employers don't have to employ you. You're not entitled to that right. position. It's like, you think you can just do whatever you want, whenever you want, to whomever you want, regardless of the rules, regardless of the consequences. And that's the same kind of thing we saw with Claudine Gay. So I don't I don't know what's going on here, but this now, we fake don't know sense what... of victimhood to me is just so... Right. It's just, right. It makes my stomach churn, really. Exactly. Now, we don't know if... Um, what, what what her activities were mm -hmm. um, and whether or not she actually committed the criminal behavior, quite frankly, that was alleged in the termination issue. But it doesn't sound like any of her letters or complaints refute what he, what he said in the termination letter. She doesn't say in her, in her, uh, in her um, letter on the eighth that she sent before she took her own life that I never did this. I never gave discounted housing to ineligible students. No, she just complained about bullying. And that's why I believe from what I can tell the allegations against her. And it, you know, this victim mentality is literally going to lead to more and more and more uh, mental health issues and suicide because when you, it, it's the, it's the spoiled child syndrome. You're not doing your children any favors when you never hold them accountable for anything. They never hear the word. No, they're never disciplined because you're going to go out and send them into a world. That's not going to treat them that way. And you're setting them up for a lifetime of misery. And that's the same game that's being played on, uh, on black people and any other minority, any other identity group, when they're being told that they can just behave any way that they want. And it's just incredibly sad. In fact, um, I want to play a clip for you guys. It's almost kind of funny in a sense. But there's a Democrat representative, Lee, who claims that she was, uh, who claimed she was uh, victimized at the Capitol and asked, whose pin did you steal? <laughs> this is kind of funny, Sesame. 
Secondly, you have personal racism, which is hard to address, but I'll give you one little story that shows you why uh, we need to understand that I don't think she really understands racism. I was walking from the House building on Capitol Hill to the Capitol, and a man, a white guy, stopped me and told me I could not get into the member's elevator. And, you know, we have uh, pens, and I was going to vote. And he blocked me from getting into the elevator and told me I was not a member of Congress, and it was for members only. I said, sir, I'm a member of Congress. And he, I showed him my pen, and he said, whose pen did you steal? Now, this is an example of what personal racism is. And yeah. Show me the video. I don't think Show me happened. the yeah, video. Like, where's the evidence? Where's the Where's proof? the evidence? You would what think Democrat the... was it? Yeah. What Sesame, do you remember what Democrat it was who claimed that she was going to some hearing at the Capitol and people standing by Trump supporters called her the N-word? Oh, and then no. they went. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do I don't remember, remember who that. that was. I don't know who it was. Uh that's well, and look, it, it's just it must be so it's just so typical. I mean, this is the same. This is on CNN. This is the same network yeah. that pushed the Jussie Smollett hate hoax from the second it happened. <laughs> is right. Five minutes later after the story breaks, Jussie's yeah. on TV with Don Lemonhead crying, yes. saying, well, the reason I waited an hour and a half to call police officers whilst I still held on to the Subway sandwich is because and I didn't the, want the world the to think gay people neck. are weak. Come on, Andrea. Yes. <laughs> and he kept the rope around his neck for the 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was a fashion statement. I don't it's just it's this is the kind of quack journalism you're getting from CNN. And this is I'm sure she's not the only kind of person in Congress and the, the only Democrat that would make something up just like this. I mean, this is I mean, where's the, again, where's the footage? This is one of the most yes. highly visible areas, one of the most surveilled yes. places on the planet. Show yeah. us the footage produce one single ounce of evidence and i will eat my own hat yes exactly it ain't it ain't happening um all right let's take a break when we come back she may be a nominee for stink of the week i haven't decided yet <laughs> but when we come back we're going to talk stink of the week and here of the week stay tuned Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. I love questions uh that are kind of pop culture questions that um kind of give a, a, a window into who people are and how they think. Here's, here's one. I just saw this on Instagram. You get sucked into a 90s TV time warp and you must live with one family. Who would it be? Would it be the home improvement family, Tim Allen's family? Would it be, um, oh gosh, what was the, I can't remember the name of this family. It starred John Stamos and oh, from full, house? full house there's the um family with oh gosh um but t- uh al bundy mm-hmm. the bundy family what was the tv was show married with it, children married with children there's um fresh prince of bel-air there's roseanne and the connors or family matters with urkel 
<laughs> Which family would you want to live with? Those are good. Oh, I miss 90s TV. Um, I miss 90s TV a lot. I know which one. I, I, I don't really to. like who Will Smith has become, but I did grow up watching the Fresh Prince I of Bel-Air almost I religiously. And yeah. living with Carlton and his uncle. Would and be like, so Literally, fun. that would be pretty funny. I, I think. Yeah. That's probably it for me, honestly. I, I, but second choice would honestly probably be the Tanner family from Full House because that was just such a yeah. wholesome family loving show. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think Bob Saget gets enough credit for how funny he was, and other yeah. comics and actors talk about it. He's he's yeah. he was a, a good character, funny guy. So was John Stamos. That whole cast was yeah, honestly so totally. Good. Totally. Those are those are exactly my two picks. I never watched Home Improvement because I I didn't like the wise cracking kids and I didn't like the mom character. I just thought she was she was just um, unappealing. You know, I never liked the concept of the husband, um, the Neanderthal idiot guy. I don't like smart mouth kids. Um, And I didn't I didn't think the mom was physically attractive. I didn't think she was cute, pretty. Um, no, I didn't like that. Sh- I didn't like the show and I didn't like the characters at all. I didn't really watch Family Matters. I remember the Ur- Urkel character, but I didn't watch the show. Did I do that? Um, yeah. So, cause I, cause that was just, that was like, I could, I really couldn't stand the character a- enough. Um, and I, I who would want to live with, a, with a Connor family in that rundown house with, you know, no, no, thank you. So yeah, I'm totally with you. I loved Carlton. I would, you know, I would have been, you know, I, I would have wanted to be Carlton's twin sister. I just loved him so much. So, yeah, um, that's that. And, and the dad was a judge. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I love law. And he was and a I, great, and I like, just, stern, but loving. Very like, great, great straight guy. Straight, yeah, really good yeah. character. Yeah, and of course, I loved the butler. I loved the <laughs> butler character because he was so snarky. So they were in my number one family, the Tanners, number two. So email me uh, of your choices, the Home Improvement family, the Tanner family from Full House, uh, Married with Children, who would want to live with the Bundys? Not me at all. Family Matters, the Connors from Roseanne, or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. All right, let's get into some Stink of the Week and Hero of the Week. Who are your stinks and your hero? Uh, Hero of the Week, uh, sort of a just a shorter, you know, sort of interaction i don't even know who this guy is but this california police sergeant was just coincidentally walking by a 7-eleven i think that sometime earlier this week and there was an armed robbery happening right as he's walking by <gasps> yeah. the store yeah yeah so he just walks in he looks like at first he just walks right by this guy from the from the camera footage and doesn't know what's going on but as soon as he realizes it's a robbery the guy, the criminal runs away, and so does the cop. The cop chases him and takes him down, and I just respect that so much. This guy, um, yeah, Ramon Gonzalez, was char- or booked with charges of robbery and carrying a concealed weapon and possessing a firearm, but I just, I love to see law enforcement strike like that. They see something wrong. They see a criminal, and it's like their instinct to protect and their training just kicks in, and I just respect that so much. It's, it's little things like that that really restore my faith. Um, in our society, there are good people out there. There are great people, especially in law enforcement, who are constantly risking their lives like that just to protect people. And I'm very thankful for that, honestly. So, yeah, that's my um, hero. Yeah. Week. Well, mine, it's interesting, is similar to that because um, or or, or it's, I've kind of got a tie. There was the Vermont State Trooper. 
who oh, plunged yeah. into the the fo- frozen prong, mm-hmm. pond to rescue the girl. And to watch that footage of the three-year-old girl was just, I think she would, no, she might've been eight. I don't remember exactly how old she was, she was like, but freezing. that was, she like slipped in, right? Or yeah. Yeah. And, well, and actually her sister had also fallen in and she was rescued by others. So, um, but, but I mean, you're jumping into freezing cold water. You're risking your life. You're risking your life. And there was no hesitation. Um, and you can watch, if you haven't seen the story, you can Google it and you can watch the, his body cam released as it, it, she was eight, um, jumping into the pond. So yeah, absolute, yeah. Yeah. absolute heroism, you know, we, and you know, they can police, uh, and state troopers and all the different law enforcement mm-hmm. agencies mm-hmm. continue to be demonized. Let's talk stinks. Who's some stinks. Unequivocally for me, this, uh, woman in New York city who, uh, her name is Sahara Dula. I guess she's uh, got a, a degree in criminal justice. Go figure. She was driving the wrong way on the city street. Police officer comes out into the road and confronts her and tries to get her to turn her car around. So you can see in the footage online, she literally turns her black Lexus and drives directly into the police officer. <gasps> and then she, told, oh, then she tells no, authorities later she wanted to teach him a lesson. She said, and wow. this is a quote from investigators who, who were speaking to her. She said, quote, I told the cop I wanted to go straight and he wouldn't move, so I hit him. I did it on purpose. Wow. Then she said, F these cops. He wouldn't move. F these cops. It's a lesson to him, and hopefully he doesn't want to be a cop anymore. And that's because wow. she was driving the wrong way. So God forbid a police officer try to protect people, save her, turn her around to get her on the right side of the road. She just decides to literally drive into him she she's going the other way you can already tell that she's about to turn and then she turns Mm -hmm. back out of spite you can see in the footage just to run this guy over i mean she broke his leg thankfully he he survived it the officer was she charged with attempted murder because it was attempted murder she was charged apparently with not attempted murder but with first degree attempted assault oh my gosh no that's attempted murder with a deadly weapon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's new york city for you folks yeah, um, uh, I've got a stink. Uh, you remember the the young white man who put a homeless person in a chokehold because he was threatening yes uh, to kill people. Yes, mm-hmm. he he received two hundred thousand dollars bail and is this he, Daniel Penny from New York? City? Daniel Penny, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. asked to have the charges dropped. And of course, that didn't happen. A black guy stabbed a homeless person who was threatening to kill people. Uh, both heroes, in my opinion, but the black guy, no bail, charges dropped. That's some stink. That's just disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. That is the state of our injustice with the Department of Injustice in America. We should have done it the reverse. And ended. let's talk, rewind that, and we ended on a hero. <laughs> we ended on the heroes all right sesame thank you for a great show thank you bob walters for being here thanks to the listeners you guys will be back monday have a wonderful wonderful weekend we love you all stay frosty keep your head on a swivel peace out three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.